0: This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. From the Dealer News Today headquarters, here's your host, Dave Canton, with Andrew Cherkasky.
1: Dave, good afternoon. How are you?
0: It is definitely a good afternoon, Andy. I'm That's doing right. fantastic. There's a lot happening in the in the automotive world and especially in the political world today, huh?
1: You know, we've been talking uh, the economy, obviously, almost every day. We've been talking about it very specifically with regard to the auto industry. But today, you know, I think what's been in the news over the weekend, yesterday, and, and now today, again, it's the idea that the states are starting to talk about reopening. We see a, a conglomerate of East and Northeast states all kind of working working together came out today that California is doing the same. They're kind of entering into packs to reopen. Meanwhile, we've got the president saying it is his uh, discretion as to when to reopen, and there seems to be politics um, that are finding their way into the coronavirus, as always. But at
0: the end of the day, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, the number one concern here is the safety for everyone. Not really reopening the economy, but doing it safely.
1: Yeah, right. The general welfare, which is kind of part of our constitution, is obviously... The role of the government, whether that falls under the federal government or the state government, is something of debate. President Trump has um, effectively shut down the the government, shut down uh, the government federally, but he has avoided up to this point making any federal declarations of shutdowns or stay inside orders for the various citizens, leaving that up to the states. And we see that some states still uh, are open. So but this is
0: the first time in history that a president has ever declared all 50 states a
1: disaster. That's very right. It is the first time that all 50 states were simultaneously under a state of emergency. Very, very unique. So I think what we're seeing here is President Trump allowed the states to shut it down, but now he seems to want to be the one who declares them reopened. Is that politics? Is that exactly what he's saying? I think there's obviously a lot of partisan politics at play in that in I mean, that look, at,
0: at the end of the day, everyone here is under the same, you know, what, We're all on the same page. We're all on the same team, right? you know, there's two goals here that we want to obviously achieve. One is keeping everyone safe and two is eventually reopening the economy. And, you know, I would not want to be the one that has to make that decision when to reopen. Imagine the stress, the pressure, you know, I mean, it's just, you know. Well,
1: here's the question. Do you think it's more stressful to shut it down or reopen it? I think
0: it's more stressful to reopen it because, you know, if, if they reopen the economy, And obviously, COVID-19 just, you know, takes a a turn for the worst. And just, you know, obviously, cases start skyrocketing skyrocketing again. And if one governor decides to do it over another governor in a neighboring state and they have a bad effect, think about what the people within
1: the state are going to say. Great point. More on this in a moment after a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Single Throw Marketing, digital marketing, consulting services, and so much more. Find out more at singlethrow.com. I think at this point it's it it's essentially a taken for granted that things got shut down. I think there's a little bit of a, who's gonna be the hero to declare it reopened. And I think President Trump, um, knowing him as 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 we all have after this amount of time, and this is no criticism to him, uh, he likes good ratings, he likes something flashy. And I think he would very much like to be the one who declares the country reopen, although I'm not sure he's gonna get the ability to but do that. But Andy,
0: this is so much more than just declaring, reopening the country and the economy it's there's so much more that goes along with it because think about exactly what i just said before the pressure that goes along with making that decision look if it's a good outcome it's great if it's a bad outcome it's extremely bad and this could this could be a real decisioning factor if it turns out the wrong way on his next four years of his
1: presidency. Sure. It has a lot to do with expectations and and what people see is, you know, if it's open too soon, do people really register that? Do they really blame them? I think uh, this is something that certainly President Trump could use very much in his campaign to say, I'm the one who reopened it after this great shutdown that saved millions of lives. So, And look,
0: I think what we have to understand is being a governor and having to make a decision of reopening the state or not reopening the state is not like owning and operating a business. Okay. There are so many lives at stake here and no one really, truly, I believe really knows, right? Nobody knows because if they would have known there would have been more of the unknown would have been gone. There's still so much unknown out there. Oh, yeah, And this is such a difficult decision to make. I mean, I just heard this morning that I believe Connecticut now has a stay at home until May 20th. I didn't hear that myself, but I heard it from a pretty good resource. And if other states start to follow that, now you're already talking about getting into June. You know, the question is, how many months can the economy be closed? And we could
1: still Well, we've got recoup? this de- debate about rolling shutdowns. Um, that's what they're saying. So, uh, so much more for us to think about and debate. And meanwhile, we've got our politicians, I think, potentially positioning themselves for uh, some advertising for who's the hero who reopened the Yeah, uh, I think
0: it's so much more than that. But talking about business, we have one of the greatest entrepreneur CEO presidents in the automotive industry joining us today. We have Joe Sarah from Sarah Automotive Group. Uh, I'm super excited to get his input on all of this as well. You know, Joe operates over 50 car dealerships in the United States, over seven states. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. I'm excited to get him on and really understand his position on all of this as well, because there's, you know, seven states involved between his 50 stores of what's opening, what's not opening and what
1: his position is. How can he even keep his head straight through all of this? Well, we're going to ask that question and so much more right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, with us this afternoon, we have Joe
0: Sarah, the president of Sarah Automotive, operates in seven states, employs 2,200 people, which includes 48 dealership locations and represents 59 automotive franchises, wow. Good afternoon, Joe, how are you today?
2: I'm doing wonderful, thank you.
0: It's good to hear your voice and thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We understand uh, how busy you must be uh, dealing with the impact from COVID-19. So let me ask you, how exactly are you handling uh, your business during this time?
2: How are things going? They're going as well as can be expected. Um, We've got quite a a mixed bag amongst our organization. Um, As you mentioned earlier, we do business in seven states. In some states, it's um, quite frankly, business is is pretty stable, probably 70% of normal. And then we have other states, Michigan in particular, where our governor has taken a very firm stance and has our state locked down to uh, just tremendous degree. And up until just a few days ago, we were not allowed to sell vehicles. So that impact in the state of Michigan has been quite severe, but we're getting through it. And, um, and we're going to, when this is all said and done, we're hopefully going to be much better because of it.
1: Joe, thank you so much for being on the show. And, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you're uh, doing as well as, as you are with having so many different locations. Are you seeing a spread of uh, in some areas you're able to maintain sales? Is it gone to online only? Are you, are you handling this in kind of a, a, an overall approach or are you doing one store at a time just depending on what the local, um, what the locals allow you to do?
2: Yeah. One of the advantages I think I have over a lot of the larger, what I call mega groups is I run a very decentralized model. Um, I have, partners in every one of my stores. And quite frankly, I treat them as their stores. So my partners who are in each dealership will make those decisions. And they're, they're, they're on the ground with my associates making the right decisions on a daily basis. And so where they're allowed to have consumers in the showroom, obviously with social distancing, we're doing that. Where we're only allowed to do online or phone sales, that's exactly what's taking place.
0: You know, Joe, obviously, you know, this is uh, something that no one predicted. This, you know, came out of nowhere. We were all blindsided with this come the first week of March. You know, online sales in most areas is the only way to operate. And we're all adapting to this, Um, you know, with with twenty two hundred employees. And I know leadership has been one of our key words that we've been utilizing over the last few days. We have so many mega dealers and CEOs like yourself that, you know, keep utilizing the term leadership. Have there been many leaders within your organization that have stood out throughout this uh, crisis?
2: Yeah. You know, as I, I, as I mentioned earlier, being, I'm pretty fortunate and blessed. I have great, great business partners, uh, my dealer partners, and they, they're really standing tall under these circumstances. But what's been really neat, really fun to see is that individuals that maybe aren't currently in leadership roles have stepped up and taken on more than I probably envisioned they would have or could have. So, you know, it's funny, but during crisis, during times like this, you learn a lot about people and I've been able to sit back and watch and see some people that, like I said, currently maybe aren't in true leadership roles, but I can tell you in the future, they're going to be in leadership roles. You know, my, my mission or my goal right now, is where I spend a lot of my time is identifying people that I can then put in partnership with me and grow with, you know, for, for me to expand the organization, I need capital and I need opportunity, but most importantly, I need people. And so this has been a great, um, not interview process, but sort of a way for me to see how do people react when times aren't great? You know, we're all good when time, when business is good. It's when business is challenging, where there's a few hurdles, a few things that maybe we didn't expect. How do, how do people react to that? And I can watch that. And I can tell you, being an ex athlete, when I want to be, have the right people on my team in my huddle, you know, and, and we can see that today. So it's helping me identify future leaders. Joe,
1: that reminds me of when I was in the military. We would always look for leaders in times w- that were the the most difficult, and that's when the generals uh, took their time to figure out who could lead the troops in um, really in battle. So it, it sounds like you're doing the same thing. You're you're the general of of your uh, of your empire, uh, certainly. You know, with this being such a um, Complicated time, such an uncertain time. What do you see as the outcome? What's the what's the end game here? And and what do you think dealers like yourselves or even smaller dealers can be doing in the meantime to help bring about the best end to this?
2: Yeah, I think first of all, unlike most other situations we face, whether it be a recession or whatever it was, oh eight, oh nine, this one's a little different in that there's not a. We can't tell exactly when it's going to end. So as a business leader, I can't tell you that come June 1st, we're going to be 100% back in business. So we have to do a little guessing and predicting. And my take is that the, the third quarter is going to be a little bit of everybody getting comfortable to what's called the new normal, whatever that might be. But hopefully by the fourth quarter, and that's what I'm shooting for, we're going to be back in... Business, We're going to be back doing things more normal than we're, we are today. So that's sort of what I'm shooting for. And what business people can do is obviously, you know, I've, I've got a saying that good good times create bad habits and hopefully bad times create good habits. So we've got to get back to some really good habits, things we know that are right. And obviously we're using today, you know, the the, the public is sitting at home buying everything online, People that never even thought of buying online are now forced to. In the end, that's going to help us out. You know, retail automotive, if I was going to be critical of retail automotive. It's we've not advanced, we've not used technology, we've not progressed as quickly as we, we should have or could have, and use technology to help strip cost out of our business. Well, this is a, our chance to do that because for the next few months, that's the only way we're going to be doing business. And hopefully we learn from that, we gain from that, and it sort of moves us forward at a quicker pace than much of us had thought could happen.
0: Joe, we totally agree. I mean, look, you know, we're hearing from so many dealers and analysts across the country that they do believe that once COVID is, I don't want to say gone, because who knows if it'll ever be gone, but once they reopen the economy in a majority of the states, that we could see a huge uh, surge of sales. You know, due to the fact of most people not adapting to this online uh, situation as quickly as we would expect them to. How do you feel about that? How do? You, what do you do to prepare your staff and your leaders and your teams, you know, throughout, throughout seven states and 50 stores to prepare them for what this surge could look like down the
2: road? Well, we have to believe it's going to happen, and I, and I personally do. Um, we have to focus on things we can control. Give zero time and energy to things that we cannot control. So we know what we're able to control. So if we focus on that, and we we understand that um, and that change will happen, and so we encourage change, and we stress moving fast. You know, one of the things I guess I'm sometimes guilty of, and many of us in our business is that we want to wait until we're 100% certain before we do something. I think in today's time, once this, once we get back and open for business we got to move fast when we're at 70 percent, let's just go which means you're going to make some mistakes but we got to get there before our competitors do so i think this is a time to gamble a little bit gamble on some things you've always wanted to do thought could work but if we can use it to like i said get to where the future is going to be use it to eliminate some costs and strip some costs out of our business model um long term this like i said we got to believe this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to us i know it's hard to think about right now but we just we, it's always happened that way quite frankly i look back on past hurdles past situations and when we got gotten through it we've all looked at each other we've learned from it and we've become better because of it
0: no joe i agree and i do also believe that when you are thinking something and you believe in what you're thinking and manifesting that it actually shall it actually shall appear and shall happen. So I do believe as well. We all want this to end. We all want this to allow us to become stronger on the other side, which I believe everyone will including every business that operates. You know, you are such a well-respected uh, automotive dealer due to the fact of many reasons, but what you built, you know, like you said many times throughout this interview, you know, you have built 50 stores amongst many individuals that you believed in leaders that, that you have, you know, helped get to where they are today by believing in them. And that's such a huge thing to believe in someone support someone and help them prosper. And you've done such an amazing job of operating such a large automotive group in that, in that type of business sense, I praise you for that. What words of encouragement can you provide to your fellow dealer principals out there that might now might need that boost of encouragement?
2: You know, we've one thing that's really neat about our industry is that it's probably the retail automotive is probably the greatest industry anybody could ever work in and be associated in. Um, whether from the manufacturer's standpoint, from the dealer's standpoint, we're surrounded by outstanding people. And I can tell you one of the things been probably the most um, rewarding for me during this past month or so has been my ability to reach out and lean upon some fellow dealers and some fellow people in the manufacturer world that I respect, seeking their advice, seeking their input. And just picking their brains and so my advice would be to open open your ears and open your eyes and search and seek help from others in the industry because they will help you that's what's so neat about our industry and right now nobody knows the answer but utilize the resources that are available and uh, we will ultimately get through this thing stronger and better
1: you know, Joe, it, uh, it's uh, amazing advice that you're giving, a, a, amazing perspective. Anytime I have an opportunity to talk to someone who's been so successful, especially in our industry, I would hate to lose an opportunity to ask a little bit about your origins, how it all came to be and how it came to be as big as it has. And so my question for you is not about the very beginning, but it's how you went from the decision when you were, when you had a handful of stores, when, when you were uh, doing well when you made that decision to transition, to be something as big as you are and as successful as you are, can you tell us how do you, how does somebody like yourself make that decision to, to, to build such an unbelievable
2: empire? You have to um, fall back onto what drives you, what motivates you. And I have one motivator, one force that drives me. And that is, I want to give people the same opportunity I was giving. And so Every time I buy another store, the fact that I can put a partner in there and give them the same opportunity that I was once giving, that's my driver. That's my motivator. Um, It'd be really easy for me to, quite frankly, keep things as is or even slow down, but that's not going to accomplish what I want. And that is to give others an opportunity, an opportunity to run their own business, to you know, be, make decisions and help others grow. So that's, that's my driving force. One hundred percent.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Sarah, president of Sarah Automotive. Joe, incredible, you know, words of inspiration literally uh, came across these airwaves today. We cannot thank you enough for taking the time this afternoon to be on the show We wish the best for you, your family, and your entire team of 2,200 people to get through this crisis and to get on the other side stronger than they entered. Joe, stay healthy and stay safe.
2: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. What amazing words from really one of the very top leaders in our uh, industry. Really cool to hear um, the confidence that he has that the industry will Bounce back, um, his perspective and, and faith in others uh, in the industry. Um, every day we hear from uh, these from true leaders, and there is so much confidence, and it, it makes me feel it makes me feel great, Dave.
0: You know, Andy, here's something really impressive about Joe Sarah. The guy operates with a business model, okay, of 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 investing in people. Okay, much different than some of these other dealers that we've spoken to that just might own 30, 40, 50, 60 stores, and they operate all of those stores. Joe invests in the people that he sees the opportunity to invest in. Give you an example. Let's say he's got a great sales manager that's been with him 5, 10 years, and the guy has done a great job, girl has done a great job, and saved some money to get out there and get their next store. Joe invests his personal money behind that person to go out there and buy a store and let them lead that store. You know, one of the greatest takeaways from that from that uh, uh, interview with Joe was, you know, he has, it's not just him leading. He's got multiple leaders throughout his entire organization that are taking charge, rising to the occasion, and finding a way to get it done. And that's the key to success to get through this COVID-19 crisis. Ladies and gentlemen, from Dealer News Today podcast, thank you for tuning in. Stay healthy and stay safe. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today.